0: This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. Today, we will be rejoining Paul as he's caught in a vicious storm on the Mediterranean Sea. There are practical lessons that we can learn from Paul's storm and apply to our individual storms in life. Well, I hope that you have your life jacket with you because you're going to be in for the boat ride of your life. But before we dig into today's lesson, let me just remind you that I have a recently published book by the same name of this Bible study. I'd love to invite you to order your own copy of Stormproof so that you can enjoy these biblical storm stories in a different format. Stormproof is available on Amazon, CBD, and on my website, which is Ministries.com. But now it's time. Let's travel through time to the Mediterranean Sea and join Paul and other prisoners as they attempt to reach Rome at the stormiest time of year. Welcome to Stormproof Lesson 6. They decided Paul was going to be sent to Rome to appear before Caesar. And they were sending him on a ship, which was the fastest means of transportation at that moment in history. Other passengers were also going to be on the ship, and they would be traveling from the Eastern Mediterranean to the Western Mediterranean. It was not a short journey by any stretch of the imagination. Acts 27 verses 1 through 3. And when it was decided that we would sail for Italy, they proceeded to deliver Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in an Andromedian ship, which was about to sail to the regions along the coast of Asia, we put out to sea accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica. So what we're learning in these verses is who is on the ship with Paul. Let's read verse three, Acts 27, three. The next day we put in at Sidon and Julius treated Paul with consideration and allowed him to go see his friends and to receive care. So Luke and Aristarchus are with Paul on this journey. Roman law actually permitted prominent Roman citizens Under arrest to take with them one or two slaves to care for their personal needs. And I always think to myself, yeah, if they can find anybody who'd want to actually go with them on a ship with a bunch of other dangerous prisoners. So we have to pause here and think about this for a minute. Luke, the physician, and Aristarchus actually volunteered to serve as Paul's slaves on a ship that was filled with prisoners. Luke may have actually have signed on as the ship's doctor in order to be allowed to accompany Paul. Luke was on a dangerous ship during a dangerous storm season, and yet these men refused to leave Paul's side. So great was their love for him and so great was their support for his life that they endured harsh storms and being treated as slaves because that was their treatment on the ship. They weren't treated as important people, they were treated as slaves. Luke and Aristarchus made great sacrifices to help Paul preach the gospel. Oh, when, when I realize that, I pause, I stop, and I think Carol what sacrifices have you made lately for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or Carol, do you prefer comfort over courage? Carol, do you prefer living a mundane life over the possibility of the miraculous? So let me ask it to you because it is a question that deserves a well-thought-out answer. What sacrifices have you made for the gospel of of Jesus Christ. Because you know, God is asking all of us to make sacrifices for the gospel. He's asking you to send missionaries. He's asking you to be a missionary, to be a short-term missionary. He might be asking you to be in a relationship with a difficult person because they need someone like you who's going to love them unconditionally. He might be asking you to teach Sunday school or to work in the nursery. He might be asking you to give your pastor a bonus so that he can take his family on a vacation. He might be asking you to support a ministry rather than get Starbucks every week. It's a question that deserves an answer. What sacrifice have you made for the gospel of Jesus Christ? I hope that you'll take some prayerful time today to consider it and to ask God to speak to you. As you know, Paul's journey took place during the scary storm season on the Mediterranean. It was nearly suicidal to travel the Mediterranean at this time of year, but Paul didn't have a choice. He'd been put on a boat by the Roman government and he had to go storm season or or not. Now, the boat that Paul was first put on was actually rudderless. It was steered with two huge paddles and a single gigantic square sail. This boat was not designed for sailing against the wind, which was exactly what happened to Paul and to the crew. Acts 27 verse 4 and from there we put out to sea and sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Okay, let's talk about the word contrary. I don't like that word, do you? When I spy a contrary wind on the horizon of my life, I look for a way to skirt around it, to avoid it, to find a nice peaceful beach somewhere where the sun is shining. But a contrary wind and me, well, we don't mix very well. Now, Paul's ship sort of did what I'm talking about. They tried to find a way to avoid this contrary wind. They made a wise decision to seek shelter around the coast of Cyprus. So Cyprus is an island On the eastern side of the Mediterranean, which is where they had begun, the eastern side of the Mediterranean, rather than heading to open sea where the conditions were so unstable, the ship hugged the shoreline of the safest place that it could find. When you spy a contrary wind on the horizon of your life, find the safest place available to you. The only place that will shelter you during a time of contrary winds is Jesus. Chocolate won't do it. Coffee won't do it. There's no safety in shopping or in eating or in emoting or in venting or in sobbing or in creature comforts. Your only safe place is Jesus. But do you choose him when you see a contrary wind on the horizon of your life? Do you choose him or do you ignore him? Do you say, I'm too weary to read my Bible today? I'm too tired to go to church today. Choosing Jesus simply means going to him rather than seeking solace in Netflix or in recreation or in calories or at the spa. Sailing under the shelter of Jesus means reading your Bible. It means playing worship music all day long and all all night long, if necessary. It means allowing the eternal words that are written on the sacred pages of the Bible to be your compass during a storm in life. Of all of the choices that you will ever make this side of heaven, choose the safest place to weather a storm. And that place is Jesus. I love what the prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 17, verse 17, you are my refuge in the day of disaster. I want to challenge you to write that verse out, to copy it out, to put it on your car dashboard, to put it on your mirrors, to put it in the front of your Bible, to put it on your kitchen cabinets. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Jeremiah 17, 17. Okay, let's get back to the story, the historical account of this vicious storm that Paul was in in Acts 27 verses 5 through 8. And when we had sailed through the sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, We landed at Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy, and he put us aboard it. When we had sailed slowly for a good many days, and with difficulty had arrived off Cnidus, since the wind did not permit us to go farther, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmone. And with difficulty sailing past it, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. "'So Paul, his companions, and the other prisoners "'had been transferred to another ship headed toward Italy, "'which was their final destination,' and it landed on the western side of the Mediterranean Ocean. So the ship's progress had been hindered for many days by this vicious storm. We are reminded again that preservation during a monstrous monsoon depends entirely on the availability of a shelter. Listen, if you don't have a shelter, you're going under, sister. You're going under fast. Where you choose to shelter will determine whether or not you even live through a storm. It is up to you. Paul and his companions and the captain of the ship decided to shelter. They found a shelter. Where you choose to shelter, let me say it again, will determine whether or not you might even live through the storm. Psalm 143 verse 9 tells us, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies in you. I take shelter. You know, every Bible study I do, I find the opportunity to say these words Being a Christian is not rocket science. If I can do it, any Buddy can do it. Your shelter in the time of storm is opening your Bible and reading it. Your shelter in a time of storm is listening to worship music. Your shelter in the time of storm is finding a fighting scripture and declaring it and praying it. Your shelter in the time of storm is going to church. Your shelter in the time of storm is going to a Bible study. Your shelter in the time of storm is letting prayer warriors know what you're going through and ask. Asking them to pray for you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, for in you I take shelter. Acts 27, verses 9 through 10. And when considerable time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them and said to them, men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our very lives. So Paul was a leader and being in a storm didn't change his capacity to lead. Leaders lead even during the storms in life. Now I'll tell you this, prisoners, because he was a prisoner, were supposed to be seen and not heard. But Paul could no longer stay silent because leaders lead even during storms in life. Paul speaking up at this moment was unheard of. They could have actually thrown him overboard for speaking his mind and giving advice at this moment in the ship's history. But Paul had to speak up and he spoke up with words of truth in a storm. Has God called you to speak up in your storm? Has God called you to speak up in your storm? Are you afraid to speak up to a boss, to a friend, to a child, to a sibling? There are moments in every storm when we must respond like Paul did and speak words of truth. You don't need to be condemning. You don't need to be angry. You don't need to be frustrated. You can speak words of truth with kindness and love, but I believe that God is asking some of you to speak up in the storm in which you have found yourself in today. Speak up. Acts 27, 11 through 13. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. Because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out to sea from there if somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. When a moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete, close inshore. So the centurion didn't listen to Paul's advice and he determined to keep right on going into the storm at the very worst time of the year. Now, at this time in Paul's life, Paul had already been through three shipwrecks. However, the decision was made to sail 50 miles along the coast to Phoenix and to spend the winter there. If the weather had been favorable, they might have reached their destination within hours, but suddenly everything changed. You know what I learned from this portion of scripture? That when I'm facing a storm, it's important for me to listen to the right people and not to the wrong people, because you will get all kinds of advice when you're in a storm. Isn't that true? Listen, when I was battling cancer, it seemed like everybody on social media instantly became an expert on cancer and told me what they thought I should do. But let me tell you, I listened to my doctor and I listened to my husband, who was also my pastor. I also listened to a friend who had already been through cancer. It's important to be selective who you listen to, whose advice you take during a storm. Take people's advice that you can trust. Acts 27 verses 14 and 15. But before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Uriquillo. And when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. Paul and the others on the ship found themselves in the middle of a nor'easter. The storm actually became deadly. I wonder if Paul was thinking, why didn't you listen to me? The Greek word that describes this storm in Acts 27, 14 and 15, the the violent wind called uroquillo, is actually our word for typhoon. That's how violent the storm was that they found themselves in. They lost control of their ship and their little boat was like a cork in the storm. The winds they were facing were wild, unpredictable and twisting. And all they could do was run with the wind. Now, even though this is going to be frustrating to some of you, This is where I'm stopping for today in Paul's violent journey across the Mediterranean Ocean. I hope you'll join me next week to discover how Paul and his companions miraculously made it out of this storm. And if Paul can do it, so can you. If you're in a storm today, there's a miracle coming your way. You know, as I prepare these bi-weekly podcasts, I always pray that the Word of God will do an invigorating and healing work in each one of my listeners' lives. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Word doesn't return void, but that it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent forth? You know, as always, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me with your prayer requests or with your questions or your comments at carol at com, and now let's pray lord we thank you today that you are in every storm in life with us because you've promised never to leave us and never to forsake us father for those listeners that are in a storm today i pray that your voice of comfort hope and strength would be louder than the storm in jesus name i pray amen